Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Captain Kiwi, and I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. It'll keep the wind in your sails. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to show your support. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 137 mm. of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. <laughs> I am John. Joining me, of course, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? You know that Mo is here. Hey, everybody. This episode, we watch a new action-packed Netflix series about a fledgling CIA lawyer jumping in the dangerous deep end of international politics, stretch our DIY muscles with a site that combines 3D printing and photography, and take our putters into cyberspace to try out one of the most popular putt-putt golf games for your VR rig. Before we get into those topics and many more this episode, though, it's time for some fourth listener email and something a little different this time. We're definitely going to hear from a fourth listener. Okay. You guys remember when we used to get iTunes reviews? Remember when that oh, used to happen yeah. with some regularity? I yeah. didn't know iTunes was still a thing, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that, George, because what I have is actually a podcast review from several months back in April, but I didn't spot it because it was not on iTunes. Oh, you might hear people say on podcasts, they'll go, hey, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Right. And so I was digging around doing some searching and I saw this review posted on Podcast Addict, another aggregator, another site that's oh, like... Geez. Google Podcasts or whatever, and I missed it. But I did want to give a shout out to this user who, there's so many cool things to unpack in this review. First of all, the reviewer- <laughs> Are you going to get to the review? I know, I am. Jesus I'm Christ. getting there. I'm getting there. The reviewer's name is Who Ate All The- that's it. We don't know what they ate, who ate all the- But they ate all of it, whoever it was. Who ate all the- they all ate it all. They did. And the, uh, the topic of the review is highly enjoyable five stars. Okay. Mm. I like so it. here is what Who Ate All The had to say about our show over on Podcast Addict. Good chemistry between the panel and the main host could easily talk for a living if he wanted to. Oh, now we know why he picked this one from April. <laughs> right? I mean, Jesus Jeez. Christ, he had, to, he had to empty out the entire dictionary before he got to the thing just so he could praise himself. Good Lord. It's not me. It's what who ate the. It's what who ate all the said. Yeah, okay. Who ate the. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, he goes on to say fun nostalgia topics such as bulletin board systems and video rental stores, well produced with good audio quality. Here's the best part I haven't found a better Gen X podcast. Well, because there isn't any. That's why. Or he's not looking. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> Or he hasn't found George, any others, right? Come on now, Mo had the right answer. What are you, you're undermining. Quit it, <laughs> George. I was actually thinking that, but I didn't want to yeah, say right? it. <laughs> you guys, who ate all the? Thank you for your review. I'm sorry I didn't get to it uh, until now, but the the place where I look on Chartable that aggregates them all, it wasn't pulling from Podcast Addict. But I found your review. Really grateful that you dropped one. And as I was kind of teasing at the beginning, we don't get a ton of reviews lately. I feel like everybody that listens regularly already has, but. But if you're a relatively new listener, we'd really appreciate it if you pop over to iTunes or mm -hmm. anywhere it is that you listen to podcasts <laughs> and drop us a review. Let everyone know what you think of the show. It helps us climb up in the in the rankings. And we really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you'd like to drop us an email, you can always hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. Read every single one. And most of them will eventually make the show. All right. With that good, really good business behind us, it's time to jump into the body of episode 137 right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. Light bright, light bright, turn on the magic of colored lights. Light bright, light bright, make a face to glow at night. Smiling friends, shining bright, make a sign to say goodnight. Just pop in the colored pegs and follow the patterns. It's easy to make your favorite pictures and characters, or you can always create your own light pictures. Light bright, light bright, turn on the magic of shining lights. Light bright from Milton Bradley. Let's get cooking, talking about what media we have been consuming since now and the last time we spoke. Now, of course, that could be film or comics, movies or books or whatever it is that we've been checking out. Uh, George, I would love to start with you. What have you been watching? Yeah, I've been watching a new series that I found on Netflix. I was just kind of trolling around trying to find something interesting to watch one evening. And Netflix, as it often does, you know, it suggests things as soon as you log in. It's got the big picture and then right Mm -hmm, below mm that a whole bunch of things you might like. And this was one of the things in there. It's called The Recruit. This is a fun series. I believe it was just eight episodes, maybe 10. I think it was eight, though. Okay. Okay. And it's a young lawyer who has entered into a job assignment with the CIA. So I never thought about that. Anytime you watch, like, you know, the espionage or spy type of things, it's never the lawyers that are featured in any of those things. It's always the spy or maybe Mm -hmm. a technician or a boss. How exciting can the lawyer thing be? I mean, is it exciting? I don't know. Right. I, maybe I was, I was thinking there's a reason why they show lawyers. <laughs> this series is also produced by the same people who produce one of my favorite TV shows called The Rookie. That's the one that stars Nathan Fillion oh, that's yeah. over on mm-hmm. ABC mm-hmm. about him being oh, okay, a okay. over-the-hill cop or first-time cop when he first joins. Mm-hmm. So it's the same people. So it has that same kind of writing style and flow and timing in this series. The lawyer who's the main character in it, he still lives with two of his roommates, which is kind of similar to the way the rookie did. He was very close to two people. One of them was a former girlfriend, exact same thing that they did in the rookie when they started (laughs) that series off. And they all have their law jobs, which are very boring, extremely boring. They hate their law jobs. Of course, he's with the CIA. So like day one, he gets this shit assignment because in the CIA, (laughs) everybody is out to screw everybody else. That's the whole premise of working at the CIA, because if they can screw you, they can get a leg up. Oh, to get ahead. Yeah. And so these two lawyers, one of which was the gentleman who played the handicapped guy in, um, Superstore. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one of the the antagonistic lawyers on the show. And he and this other lawyer dump this box on the new guy's desk. And like, here's all the all the letters that CIA gets all the time threatening to expose all our secrets. And most okay, of this okay. is bullshit, but you have to go through every letter and see if there's any credible threats. And he goes through and he finds one. And that's the premise for the first season is dealing with mm-hmm. that credible threat. But they do it in a very funny way, just like The Rookie. So if you're a fan of that TV show, you'll absolutely love this. If you're more into the very serious spy dramas, this is not mm-hmm. your show. This has some serious drama moments, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. all the characters, they don't take themselves as seriously as you might see in like a like a Gary Oldman drama type of thing or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's like he was digging in, basically he was given a crap job. They mm-hmm. thought he would just be doing menial labor and he actually found a case that he has to pursue. And that's how he gets tied up in all this. Yeah. And all the other people in there, including those two lawyers, plus the other people, they're starting to get more and more pissed at him because he's mm. catching the boss's eye every time mm. he does something good. And yep. he's becoming the golden child in the office. Oh. And <laughs> they're all getting madder and madder and madder at him and like in one of the very first scenes i don't want to spoil too much but they kind of screw with him they say oh yeah the boss wants you to go to this place to go track down this lead on your case and like so he has to go to this black site a ca foreign land black site he gets there he just drives up in a rental car in the (laughs) middle of the desert there's burnout (laughs) building he just drives up hey guys how you doing they sock him and knock him out and everything and tie him up he's like he wakes up they pull the bag off his head he's like what's going on here i'm just here from the home office and they don't even ask him a question they just walk up they untie one of his hands put it on table rip out his fingernail whoa (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like who are you (laughs) and then they start asking questions (laughs) 
So he's definitely in over his head. Not what he was expecting yeah. for his lawyer job. <laughs> and these other people, obviously, they're doing this on purpose to try and screw with him, to try and get mm. him out of the office because one less person that they have to compete with is their viewpoint. It's a fun show. Like I said, if you like The Rookie, you'll like this. If you don't, maybe pass on it. Mm. I, I watched the trailer. I'd never heard of it till I saw it. You listed it here for the show. And I went and watched the trailer. I'm like, I don't know how I never heard of it. I guess it's because I don't yeah. troll Netflix enough. Like you said, it gets recommended to you and... But uh, it looks it looks like something worth because it's it's dramatic, but it's also I think it's even listed as like a comedy drama. So it's kind of a little, little lighthearted, too. I think it would be <laughs> leaning a little bit more toward the comedy side than it does the really? drama side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks funny. Getting your fingernails pulled out is hilarious. I mean, yeah. I can't. <laughs> that's, that's maybe not I the mean, funniest part so far that you've talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's what I look for in humor. <laughs> There's some great stuff in there. There's things that you can tell he's in and over his head. But one of the other parts of his character, he has this ability to not let people who are above him or he might need to be intimidated by, he doesn't let any of that intimidate him. He just goes mm. in and he's like, listen, here's what you got to do. You're going to do this thing or I'm going to ruin your life. So fuck off. Wow. Okay. Like no matter who he's talking, like he could be talking to the world's deadliest assassin. He doesn't care. He just, he's like, I'm tired. I haven't slept in 36 hours. I've been flying back and forth between the Middle East and Washington, DC. I don't care anymore. <laughs> he's just disgruntled with his job. Cause he didn't know not what he expected. When he jumped that in. might be why I can relate so well to. <laughs> ah, maybe so. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Sorry. But speaking of relating, Mo, the one that you've got listed mm -hmm. on the card is something that I love from back in the day. So I'm kind of curious yeah. why you're you're listing it now, because this the oh. thing I know about is years okay, old. I, OK, yeah, I see why you're confused. So the name of the show is a TV show called Let the Right One In. Now, mm -hmm. it was a movie from 2008, actually. Oh, OK. It was actually a Swedish movie. Right. Then they made an American version called Let Me In, an yeah. English version. And that was like 2010. I watched the Swedish version first. Yeah, Swedish version is actually better. Mm. I recommend everyone wants oh, to see it. Oh, you're cultured. I watched the Swedish version. <laughs> Dubbed. I'll tell you, when last time I watched Swedish movies, I didn't even need captioning. Well, <laughs> I don't think those were movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just see where he's going just with saying. that. I'm just anyway, saying. Anyway, anywho. See, that's something that only a 50-year-old or above would understand. That's the younger true. people that know is true. Really what you're talking Otherwise, about. They're like, what? Yeah. It's all in English when I watch it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so it's a TV show called Let the Right One In, and it's totally based on the movie, the original movie. Okay. And okay. It's, it's a vampire story. It's a it's a modern-day hmm. vampire story. Okay. And this one is really focused on the families around the vampires. That's where it gets interesting because the main character is this dad who has a daughter who got turned into a vampire and... And he's trying to keep her alive while he's trying to find a cure, essentially. Hmm. Okay. That's a little bit different than what I Slightly. remember from the movie. The movie... If I remember right, it was about two young people, one who was a vampire, right. and they they struck up a friendship, mm -hmm. so to speak. And they speak. did that here, too. Okay. Like, his daughter does get, make a friendship with the next-door neighbor, and they had the similar plot where he's okay. bullied and all that kind of stuff. And Gotcha. Okay. He's like an outsider kind of person. But yeah, they, they did still follow that same line. But the interesting thing is, like, you just feel... I mean, I really enjoy the show. Um, It's from Showtime, and there's, I think, 10 episodes they did the first season. Okay. And okay. you just... You feel for these families. I mean, this dad, I mean, his daughter turned when she was 12. Mm. She's been 12 mm. for 10 years now because they don't age. Mm. Oh, I thought of that. And all the workarounds that you hear about in Vampire, you know, oh, animals or go to a blood bank. That doesn't work. It has mm. to be fresh blood. Wow. Ooh. Fresh human blood. Fresh human blood. Yes, mm, it has right. to be fresh human blood. And they do, sometimes they flip back to like, you know, early days when like basically him and his wife, you see like their arms are all scarred from all the blood they, they, they took out of themselves for mm. her. Oh, they're con they're contributing their own blood. They, to, they, so they oh. started. And basically, oh. and this girl, mm. she's 12. She has no friends, obviously, because she's a vampire. Does strike a friendship with the next her neighbor. And he's like a young kid, very geeky, very nerdy, no friends, you know, bullied at school. But they strike up a really good friendship. The fact that they're vampires is to me is almost, I mean, I guess it's the driving force behind a lot of things. But mm -hmm. it's not really the main plot driver in a sense, you know. Okay. It's like if somebody had a terminal illness, I could see this being a very similar kind of story, you know, except for mm -hmm. the, you know, mm -hmm. killing people to get blood. But besides <laughs> that, and they focus on a couple people, and the dad has basically been following stories of he's hearing about like these mass killings and stuff, trying to find another vampire to see if he could kind of figure out how they got turned and maybe figure out a cure. 
like how do you turn him back? Uh, to learn more about how right. vampirism works in that universe. He has, she yeah. just got bit, sure. and that was that's all. Because Wikipedia knew. is not helping him at all. <laughs> Zero. It's not helping him at all. These vampires. I mean, they can't go in the sun. Sunlight right. burns them. They stay up. I mean, he moves into a new apartment in New York and he says, oh, look, he says, look, he shows her like this bathroom and he's she's, he's like, what's this? This is your room. You know, what's special about it? She's like, no windows. No windows. Uh, <laughs> it's an interior bathroom. She's like excited. Gotcha. She's like, oh my God, no windows. You know, he says, yes, this is just your room. Now you have your own room. Mm-hmm. It's a really, I mean, I really enjoyed the original movie and even the American remake was okay, but I thought yeah. the original one was actually a little bit better. But you can imagine like, I mean, just think about this. Here's a kid, who, a friend of hers is getting bullied at school. She's a vampire. Huh? Huh. You can see where that's kind of take care of it if you wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> and they do like the vampires. They're extra strong. They they're, they follow pretty much the standard vampire mm-hmm. lore, you know, for the most part. Um, the only thing they didn't change, like religious symbols, don't really affect them that kind of stuff. But everything yeah. else is just like the stuff. And there's another vampire that they also are studying where he's a younger, like a little bit older, like 16, 17, got turned. And his dad was a chemist and he's trying to find a cure, like making through modern chemistry kind of thing, you know, and um, it's not working. But basically you kind of have the two stories and then I'm in about episode four or five. And now you're starting to see like how the two stories kind of cross over, like like how this kid got changed and how his daughter got changed and all that stuff. But you really just feel for the the. I mean, I can imagine like, you know, if it was your kid and the only way you could keep him alive is to get fresh blood, what would you do? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a dilemma no parent ever wants to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> well, it depends on the people, right? <laughs> There's a lot of assholes in the world that this could absolutely be killed to feed my child. No problem. I mean, I, we kill cows, we kill deer, yeah. we kill all these other things to feed our children. Why not kill other and assholes? They're not nearly as annoying as some of these people. <laughs> Just saying. There was a guy in traffic today, right? <laughs> I mean, it Here's would solve signal. a lot of problems. You know, just like the purge, you know, everybody's nice yeah. to each other all year long because they don't want to get fucked up on that one day of the year. Yes, true. <laughs> Maybe I'd help. I really enjoying it. I mean, okay. I said I like the fact that it's a, a a true vampire story. Like they didn't cut corners on the mm-hmm. what the vampires are like, but they said like how how would they survive today? What would it be like if your kid got turned or someone in your family yep. got turned or whatever? So awesome. I would definitely recommend it if you all like right. any of that stuff. And after the first couple of episodes, you would totally get sucked Let in. Let the right one in. So cool. all right. that's what I got. So how about you, John? I don't understand what yours is about at all. <laughs> well, George, you mentioned on the last episode, I think uh, you were talking about my affinity for documentaries and mm-hmm. I, any documentary I can find, I pull in, I pulled Big in foot. one from 2020. And so this is a documentary about Danny Trejo, the actor. Okay. And okay. the film is called Inmate Number One, The Rise of Danny Trejo. And I was just peripherally interested in this film. I, I never expected not in a million years that this would be the film that I wanted to talk about on the podcast with all the different okay. superhero films and things that are out there. I figured this would be, you know, a bubblegum, eat it up, throw it away kind of thing about the, oh, it's this actor and his life and history. I was wrong. I was really wrong. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about the history of Danny Trejo. The only thing I kind of knew was he genuinely was in prison. Right. I knew that. After he got out, he started getting work as like a stunt guy and he started getting more and more acting roles. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I thought this was going to be. Like, oh, I get to know. It's it's a feel good about this guy, you know, redemption story. And it is that, but it's that on steroids over and over. It's a little longer than you expect for a documentary. It's like an hour 50. So it's it's, it's oh, not wow. fluff too. It's wow. packed. Yeah. Holy cow. And you learn some amazing things. I mean, it's worth watching. So I'm not going to tell you everything. A lot of people probably know some things, but you learn about his upbringing and like the first half of his life in the 50s and 60s when he was in prison, effectively, he lived the life of a gangster, a criminal, a violent offender. And when he was in prison, he was like a prison block boss. Like nobody messed with him. He was a boxing champion in prison. He was amazing. And they even talk, there are people that he knew in his old life and his, his new life now that talk about, you know, people see him on the street still and they're in awe, not because he's Danny Trejo, the celebrity, but he's like, I know who you were in prison. Like you're a oh, big deal. Oh. And like he, he, there was all this kind of like imposing kind of persona that he put on to survive this life that he led. And then when he got out, there's this transition where he started getting little gigs and little jobs and explain how he got into work. And just when you think the movie is over at about a minute 10, minute 15, it fades to black and you're like, what a great feel good story. And then it comes up from black again and you start to learn more about his life and how he gives back. 
and how he goes oh. out of his way every time he can to speak to people who are in prison, to speak to at-risk youth. And this is not just lip service. I mean, this is going out of his way. They show a scene where he's going into a prison to talk, and it's this traumatic thing where he's being frisked and the the uh, metal detectors and mm-hmm. everything. And this guy's saying, I wouldn't go back through that for a million dollars. Like my life was, you know, when you get out of prison, you don't want to go back. But mm-hmm. he goes through this to go in and talk to people at his own expense. And then you're like, well, that's amazing. And then it dips to black. You're like, well, it's finally over and I feel really great. And it comes out like twice more with more humanitarian philanthropist stuff. At the end of this film, I already liked Danny Trejo, but in my opinion, oh, yeah. he was just kind of like, oh, he's a fun character actor. Uh, he's like a Sam Jackson, right? He's like a Latin Sam Jackson to me. He's like in lots and lots of films. He has a certain character and persona. Mm-hmm. He has a great look. And that's all true. But I have such a new respect for him coming out of watching this. So it's, I think it was on Apple Plus, but there's a lot of places you can watch this. And I never heard anybody talk about it before from 2020. If you have a passing interest in Danny Trejo, man, will this up just your knowledge and your opinion of what he's gone through and how he's earned where he's at. Well, I mean, honestly, whenever I think of Danny Trejo, I, the first thing that pops in my head is, Machete, don't text. I mean, that's, of like, course. You know, that's like the first thing. <laughs> I mean, I knew he did some stuff, but mm-hmm. like, do they go into like why he got into the whole crime? Like, I guess it was what, 100%. upbringing and yeah. they go, they, they talk about his, his youth and his family life and how he kind of fell in with his uncle and how he, he worshipped his uncle who was a drug dealer and a heroin addict and wanted to be like him because that's what it was like in his little neighborhood. Oh, so yeah. they didn't like whitewash it at all though. They just said nothing sugarcoated. No, sugarcoated. No. Wow. No. Uh, so I know George, you enjoy documentaries, but not every one of them hit or miss sometimes. If you're looking for one, you could certainly do way worse than it's about movies. It's about an actor you probably know and respect. And it's, it's a human feel good story. It's like, you'll come out of it going, wow, this guy literally not just turned his life around, but he believes he is paying a debt that he owes to people to try to help. And I genuinely believe coming out of that, that that's really how he feels. And it makes me have a whole new respect for the man. Very cool. Really good stuff. So it's worth checking out. Inmate number one. And by the way, they call it that not because that was his number, but because for many years they said that he was not a named character. He was gang Gangster number one, oh. inmate number one, whatever. In the oh, script, wow. that's all he I was. Like that. Guy who yelled, that's all he was. <laughs> and, now, <laughs> and now he's a name. <laughs> nice. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Don't spend more for the hits you want. Walmart has them for less. The California Raisins. Sweet, delicious, and marvelous. The soundtrack from Meet the Raisins. (laughs) And a very special Christmas, an Olympic Christmas album. The California Raisins and a very special Christmas. For the music you want this holiday, come to Walmart. Jumping into tech and toys today, I want to actually Mm -hmm. kick us off because it's the holiday season and I have a 3D printer and I was trying to find things I could do for people on my 3D printer. And in searching, I found this thing. They're called lithophanes. I don't know if you guys ever heard of these, but basically Mm -hmm. by using a 3D printer, it takes a picture and by changing the depth of the of the um, material, it allows more or less light to filter through. Yeah. Yeah. The lithophane's been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing them like when I first got into Thingiverse. They were oh, all yep. over the place. Oh yeah, okay. for sure. And so this, and you hold them up to the light, and we look through the light. They look just like a picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, very very cool. So it's, like George said, they've been around for a while. But actually, I found this website. Like, cause there's 3D apps where you can take a picture and it'll cha- adapt it based on the, the colors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But this one is actually app. You drop your picture in, and he has all these just tons of different like shapes of lithophanes you could do. You could set all these different parameters about which you know how you want to look, the size. You can do ones that you can hang up, ones that you can put together and make a box out of it, and ones you can hang up and mm. make a lamp out of them. I mean, all these different options on this. And the, it's basically called um, Lithophane Generator. I mean, it's called nothing fancy about the name. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw a link in the show notes for sure. But 
let me tell you, I took those files, popped them into my slicer, printed them, and they come out really, really well. I mean, I was really shocked at how good they came out. So this is a site where you can take any photograph you want mm-hmm. and, and and dump it in there. So yep. I, I'm curious about the time. So you've you've you printed some of these by now, oh, right? You've few, actually yeah. done the test. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So whenever I saw those, I always wondered about, I expect it probably matters like how, what, what the thickness of your layers are as to how many shades of gray or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Is there any special setting on the printer that you have to do and what kind of resolution in terms of like no, how, um, how clear is the picture when you get done or is it just kind of like a blurry representation? No, it's, it looks just like a picture. It's, it's sharp. Does see, it? I'm okay. trying to say, I have one, but I don't know if you can be able to see in the video, like how, see, it looks how it looks like bumpy. Yeah, I can't quite see it in the video, but okay. But when yeah. you look at through light, it looks just like a photograph. Mm-hmm. Like okay. they don't look like, it doesn't look like a pixelated. And the layer height, I just did like, you know, 0.2, like standard printing. Okay. Um, really also a good thing about this site is that he also has a uh, YouTube where he sits there and he walks you through how to create them, what all the settings do. Because okay. he has a ton the of tutorials. settings you can do. Tutorials, the print settings, you know, how to, what to set to what, you know, to get the best quality out of these things. There's different colors of filament you can use to get different kind of effects to make them look kind of like, you know, the sepia kind of look or just go plain oh, white sure. and all these other things. You know, it's, it was really handy. And I made, like I said, I made a bunch of them just taking pictures and stocking stuff or kind of stuff. And he said, and they're cool because I found a thing on Amazon, of course, where, you know, you have the suction cup hooks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you put them on your windows and then you have this thing where you look through the window, that's like perfect lighting for these. So gotcha. it's a way of hanging up pictures. So I thought it was a really very, very cool thing. And it's just, they said, they were just fun to print. Okay, neat. Lithophane. Lithophane. I've seen them, never played with them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. But he said they're very, very cool. So what do you got for us today, George? Well, um, I don't know if I mentioned it. I think I did on the last podcast that I was gifted through a trade uh, through mm-hmm. one of our sponsors, King of nerds a oculus quest 2 oh, right yeah right well yeah. he's been very invested in helping me to get set up with this system and cool. making sure that i enjoy it because he's very devout in his belief that everybody who he can put in front of one of these devices will enjoy it and have a good time at first i would not have agreed because <laughs> <laughs> when you first get one of these things, they don't seem to do a really good job of helping you to get accustomed to the environment. When you put that mm. that device on your head and you've got the little joystick handhold things in your hands, mm-hmm. it doesn't come up and do any kind of a walkthrough or explain how you can find all the different things that you might find entertaining. It's just like, blah, you're in the world, mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. That is not a good way to get the masses into a system. Yeah, agree. Thank God agree. for people like King of Nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, I probably would have sent the device back. I was that frustrated with it. Hmm. One of the things I was most frustrated with was this is supposed to be a higher end VR device, the Quest 2, and mm-hmm. I was supposed to be able to play games that are on my PC through mm-hmm. Steam with this device. And right. I desperately wanted to play Star Wars Squadrons oh, with yeah. this oh. VR headset because that game is a beautiful game. It looks like it's an awesome dogfight simulator in the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. type of thing. And I wanted to see what it would be like on a Quest 2 VR headset. Well, mm-hmm. first of all, Getting your Quest 2 connected to your PC with what they give you to start sucks. Their tools Uh are for shit. Oculus has this thing called the AirLink. If you don't have a 20-foot long USB-C to USB-C cable, you're going to need to do it wirelessly. (laughs) And their AirLink system is terrible. Oh, AirLink is the wireless thing. AirLink is their wireless way of connecting to your desktop. You have to load an application on your desktop. You have to load the application in the headset. And then those two things sync up when they do you actually just see your desktop in front of you and you can use the little hand controllers to like point the mouse and you can bring up a virtual keyboard and load stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's how you load a game from steam because there's also steam VR, which piggybacks on the other thing. And anyway, very jittery crashes all the time. Doesn't work well. Mm. Then King of nerds said, well, you need to put this on virtual desktop. Like I don't want virtual desktop. I have VMs all over the place that I use for Mm -hmm. work and grabbing videos offline and stuff. Why? I don't want to build another virtual desktop. If I got to do that, what's the point of this thing? But he didn't explain it fully to me. And so I went and did a little bit more research and then he explained a few more things and I understood it's not virtual desktop. It's not a VM. It's a program called virtual 
virtual desktop streamer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so virtual desktop streamer is a paid for application that is a version of the free thing that Quest 2 has called Airlink. But it's uh. way better than the Airlink 2. <laughs> yeah. And it is super stable. All the environment works smoothly and seamlessly. Instead of having to jump through hoops to load the game, you load the game right away and it plays really well. Now, I had some other issues that I didn't understand because I guess there are certain games that even though they have a VR component like Star Wars Squadrons, they don't fully use the entire tool set of the VR Quest 2. Like the hand controllers, they don't work. So I had to put them really? down after loading the game and I had to use my Xbox controller to play the game. So does it track your head still? But then it does. you yeah. use the control. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Just the controlling part of the game mm. won't okay. use those little handhold controls, even though they have enough triggers and buttons on them to emulate mm-hmm. pretty much think. everything that's on an Xbox controller. I guess when they built the game, they just didn't build it out fully as a VR system. Hmm. But the virtual desktop streamer, had I not found that, or had I not understood it better from King of Nerds VR, I Mm -hmm. would have honestly sent the headset back to him and said, sorry, I'm not interested. Really? But now, now that you got this thing up and running and you did the thing, that's changed your opinion? Have you actually played enough of this to enjoy it and know what it's like? for Star Wars Squadrons, I've played a bit more, so much so that I said, well, if I've got to play with controls, I'm going to get one of those things that I think Mo has, one of those Thrustmaster oh, the- type of oh, yeah. control sets. <laughs> right, those yeah. Cool. So just the other day, I stopped at Goodwill, and they had a Thrustmaster Hoda X for oh. $15. Oh, crap, Ooh. yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll grab it and try it out. I haven't had a chance to plug it in yet, but yeah, it, it made me want to keep playing. Wow. So, so cool. you went from, like, I don't even think I want to play this to I've got to go buy some peripherals to have more fun with it because you need the full experience. <laughs> yeah. And it's a damn shame because this is a $400 piece of equipment. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm really, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I was surprised that the company who has invested so heavily in making this VR thing a reality mm-hmm. didn't do a better job with the onboarding experience. Like holding your hand. Like we need that old Windows 95 thing with John Delancey going, and here's the start button. Right. And here's the apps. And here's like, we need somebody to walk us through it because it's a completely new piece of technology. So you have to have something like that. It's almost like they're assuming that when you pick it up, you've already had two or three of them and this is just the next one. And that's not the case Mm. for many people. I mean, maybe they are thinking that, but if they are, they're making a huge mistake. They're wrong. Agree. So I'm glad it got better. That's good. it, It was fun. Uh, you know, it, it turned out to be much better than it started out as. I'll oh, say that's that. good. Gotcha. So, cool. Now, the thing that you've got on the list, John, is something that you introduced me to recently, mm-hmm. and it hasn't paid off yet, but I was very happy to find it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, this is the this is the day of, Mo, you had a website to talk about, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm talking about here, too. I mean, I've been recently uh, doing a lot of eBaying, selling some stuff as I'm cleaning out closets and stuff. Uh, back in the early 2000s, I ran one of the biggest fan-run Lego websites focused on Bionicle, those little robots that Lego had. Yeah. Uh, I did that for many, many, many years. And w- during that time, I bought a lot of stuff. Well, that's now been 20 years ago. Mm. And in my closet, I have a bunch of not just Bionicle, but a lot of Lego stuff and Christmas time is like everybody gets me Lego and many times I love it and play with them and sometimes it sits in the closet and never get back to it and so if you don't know Lego appreciates like freaking gold if you don't open them <laughs> the next year you know then they discontinue them maybe it was 20 bucks the next year it's like 22 and then it's 30 and then it's 50 and then it's 80 and like some things over 20 years have appreciated by over 1100 percent like wow. something that cost eight bucks it cost 85 dollars they're huge mm. wow but when you go to sell something on eBay I'm, I'm finally getting to the website, I promise. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you go to sell something on eBay, how do you find out the price, right? Well, what you do is you go look at sold and closed things and right. see what somebody was willing to pay. Mm-hmm. But that could vary wildly. And, and it does. You know, somebody might on a Tuesday might get something for 20 bucks that on a Wednesday sold for 50 bucks because nobody was looking. So the site that I found is called brickeconomy.com. And okay. they're like a NASDAQ for Lego bricks. <laughs> you know, cool. So any set that exists, you can enter the number of the set. And they have this historical chart that shows you, and they're tracking things like eBay and Mercari and Etsy and everywhere you can oh, okay. sell on, the, on the, the aftermarket. They track every sale that happens.
trends. And over time on a graph, they show you what's the spread, what's the average, what can you expect to get at any given time. And like at one point I had a box of a box of stuff I bought in bulk and I have all these little canisters that I never opened that I paid six, like six ninety nine for back in 2002. And they're going for 75 and 80 bucks now. Mm, wow. Nice. Now, you have to find somebody willing to pay it. But now we know the going rate. Mm-hmm. It helps you to list your items on eBay. And as you said, George, you had a, what was an old, uh, what was it? A Hobbit thing, right? A Lord of the yeah. Rings thing that you had? <laughs> That's yeah. what I was going to bring up. Yeah, it was it was an old Hobbit set. It was one of the big ones, like for a whole, like it was the Galdur or something or other. And like a big you place of building and vehicles yeah, and everything. You helped yeah. me find that it had, it was one of those things that had been retired. And mm-hmm. originally it was sold retail for 70 bucks. And oh, okay. based on what I think happened in our case, that that's probably when we bought it was when it was new. Somebody either bought it mm-hmm. for me or bought it for my youngest son. And it just sat in a closet until I was cleaning out this room that sure. I record from now and found it. Mm-hmm. And you were over here and we were setting some stuff up. And I was asking you about eBay things because there's some other stuff about eBay that I didn't know about with the shipping sure. and everything. You helped explain right. that to me to make me want to do it. And then I was like, well, how am I going to know how much to list this Lego set yeah. for? And you're like, aha. <laughs> and you brought <laughs> it up. And when we pulled it up by the little Lego model number or whatever those things are yeah. $240 mo this thing is selling for now yeah. wow yeah and it's not even 20 years old this is only what five or six years old now right it's yeah it was 2013 old. I think yeah amazing wow. and the other really cool thing that I use this for is now I have maybe 15 or so permanent buy it now listings on eBay and every once in a while I'll go into each one of them and I'll look it up on Brick Economy what's the going rate now like maybe it's gone down a little maybe it's gone up a little I don't want to price myself so high that people say that's ridiculous mm-hmm. but sometimes it's increased. A couple months I'll go by and I'll look and I'll go, oh, I'm asking 70. It's worth like 80 now. I should up my buy it now price. And it keeps, it makes sure that what you're doing is the going rate and it increases the likelihood you're going to sell it and the likelihood that somebody is willing to look at it. Because if it's, you know, 800 bucks for a $10 item, they're going to laugh at you and move on. This makes sure you're in the ballpark and more likely to sell. That's cool. So a couple questions. One, do they show used mm-hmm. versus new prices? Yeah, they focus on new, but they definitely will tell you what the used prices are as okay. well. And by the way, used Lego does not increase in value like sealed new Lego is. That's okay. the, the secret that sauce is it must be sealed, but there is a there is definitely okay. an aftermarket for both. And, and how volatile are these prices? Like, do they go up like every month? Do you see things going up or do you every six months or is it very, I mean? I, so the ones that I look at, it's a pretty smooth curve okay. up. It's almost never down a substantial amount because once they retire it, they're not making more. Right. Yeah. Why would it ever go down? Really? <laughs> every time somebody cracks a seal on it, that's one more, you know, that's one more thing that you, it's no longer available. And so the prices kind of gradually are going up. That's why it's such a good investment to pick up. You find Lego on clearance. Some people just buy it in speculation and they're almost never wrong as long as they can afford to hang on to it long enough. Right. It's kind of like the comic book speculation days of the 90s, only Mm. I don't think there's really as big a bubble issue as there were with the comic books because the comic Mm -hmm. book industry screwed itself, right? Number one, there were multiple manufacturers in that industry. There was Marvel, there was DC, there were the independents. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, each one of them saw the collector's craze as a way to increase sales. So like 20 variant covers of the Mm -hmm. same damn book. And with Lego, they're one company Mm -hmm. and they're being very careful about the IPs that they own or can use. And they're not going crazy like that desolation of smog set I have. It's not like there's 20 different box covers of Mm -mm. it. Right. Nope. You know, there's just one. It's a product. So it makes it a simpler economy. Everybody who has the product has that product. Yeah. Yeah. So when they retire, when Lego retires a, a model, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Do they ever go back and redo it? Or is it always, once it's retired, it's gone? Not in my experience. They will sometimes redesign and release something mm-hmm. new. Like but they recently thing, just though. did a redesigned Galaxy Explorer, which was an original Lego right. space from back in the late 70s. Oh, yeah. And they made a new one. Now it's not the same thing. But it is a new, brand new thing. So right? it's a totally different thing invoking the nostalgia. But the original one is the original one. And it, it never, there's not like a reprint. They have never. I saw in a Lego documentary too, once a set is retired, the one thing they absolutely never do is reuse that number. Mm. They don't. No, the numbers are are unique. Okay. Yep. So- Awesome. Hey, if you have Lego laying around, go to Brick Economy (laughs) and look it up. Depending on how old it is, especially if it's sealed, brand new Mm -hmm. and never opened, you might be sitting on a little gold mine and didn't know. (laughs) Even if it's opened, if it's one of those minifigs. Oh, Oh, yeah. Maybe so. Very cool. Maybe so.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. It's Mr. Potato Head and his bucket of farts. Like smart things make a nice smart farts. Mr. Potato Head and his bucket of farts. Buckets of fun for everyone. To make a million silly faces is the place to start. Put them all together and make them all apart. Bucket of Farts, new from Play School. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Time to dive right in, boys and girls, and mm. jump in with Mo, who I am absolutely 100% positive has been playing a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yo, crap. Um, they, okay, so yeah, I got a game. All right, into the but, segment. Mo, it up for everybody. Time to go home. Uh, you're not kidding, because I I blame John because I well, don't have a new game else to is talk new? about. Because I have been playing that freaking Yoku's Island Express that he talked about last time. <laughs> My dung beetle game. Yeah, the dung beetle the game. The crap beetle game. No, come on. It's ama- <laughs> It's freaking amazing. I am just totally. I oh, it, I I not stop playing that one. Freaking dung beetle pin. Ball. Bullshit. I know, but let me tell you. Have you tried it, George? No, I'm not going to. Oh, you got to. I have you a got soul. To. I'm not going to sell my soul to the dung beetle guys. I know. It's. I, I. I did sell my soul, but I'm glad I did. So, but one thing I want to talk about, which is actually an old game. You guys may okay. all played Portal, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Of course. Do you know that there's a thing called Portal RTX? I don't know if you heard about this or not, but RTX is NVIDIA GeForce, their video card. Oh yeah, yeah. Manufacturer. They mm-hmm. came out with a way of updating graphics on old games without having to go into the old game code. Huh. Hmm. Okay. They, and they did it for Portal. So you could go play Portal, and I guess somehow it just takes all the 3D stuff it sends to the card and mm-hmm. ups it up to brand new stuff. Like all the light reflections are so better. So the card does the remastering of the game while you're playing it. Yeah, I guess, I guess wow. that's how it works. I'm get, I don't know how it works exactly, to be quite honest. You could even do things like substitute models, even because like oh so I, really yeah. So I picked up the new portal. I mean, I well, mm-hmm. if you have portal, it's free because you just download the RTX version. That's it. That's all you need to do. Okay, and you get that on Steam for free, by the way. And you play it, and let me tell you, like you know the red uh, the the red switches you stand on in Portal to like you throw the blocks on them sometimes mm-hmm. over the doors, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. They're like a clear glass look to them. Uh-huh. And the, if you do that, I found a YouTube channel. Where guys was explaining like all the things you could do now. Like before, uh-huh. when Portal first came out, you could have like one level of reflection. Okay. Like, you know, a wall could reflect something off the floor, but that's it. Right. Now you can have multiple levels of reflection. So a light hitting a wall will also lighten the floor underneath it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's getting right. that reflection off of the wall. Plus the light itself. I mean, and it looks freaking gorgeous. The, the game just looks amazing. I was about to say, when I think back... Portal looked pretty great already. It, but when you look at so, it with this stuff, you're like, ooh. I mean, really? <laughs> you know, that, again, I don't ever play that out, garbage. Yeah, when it came out, it was awesome. But they, he said that even when they came out with Portal, they simplified a lot of the the it, like the walls because they didn't want to overtax the graphics cards okay. at the time, that sure. kind of stuff. But now, mm-hmm. like everything has textures, the water you could fall into that could kill you. Like it looked weird because it was like almost like a flat plane. Mm-hmm. But now it actually looks like this brown sludgy water. I mean, okay. and all they did was the game itself is exactly the same. The gameplay, right. nothing has changed. The card is processing the instructions differently now. It's just somehow, and I don't know how the, the magic in this works, but let me tell you, it it, it does it's work. It's Christmas magic. We don't know it, how it, it works. Must, it we don't know how it works. <laughs> it's Christmas magic. <laughs> what was the game, John, that you played with the flashlight? Uh, it's like darkness and you had a flashlight. And you That's were, Alan Wake, it's Alan Wake. That was the game one. I was playing. Alan Wake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, they're that. doing an RTX of Alan Wake. Ooh. 
Okay. Oh. Well, now I'm Ooh. hooked. Yeah. He, he said that they're going back and they're just going to look at a bunch of old games and just huh. just redo the graphics on them. Yeah, because Alan Wake was my game. I oh, still have my game. collector's edition, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I bought the second one, American Nightmare, which was terrible, but right. I still loved yeah, it. Yeah, we can do more than <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that story. You got to have it. Yeah. So like I said, so I don't have anything new because interesting. I'm playing this game that John already talked about. Well, but still pretty cool. The Portal RTX again. If you have Portal on Steam, especially, it's free. Just go download mm-hmm. it. And you get to see like this. It's just it just it looks like well, a brand new game. You got to have that card type. Yes and no. I looked on the the video. The guy says you don't have to, but in order to get all the full effects, you do. They want you to have a mm. GeForce card. You have to have a GeForce card, right? And it has to be like a relatively recent GeForce card too, not yeah. like one with RTX abilities in with it. with the RTX yeah. abilities in it. Huh. So, like I said, if you want to get an old game and just look at some amazing new graphics on it, that's definitely a way to go. I had no idea. Yeah, there you go. How about you, John? What do you got? Yeah, well, since I finished up with Yoku's Island Express and then infected <laughs> Mo with it, I moved on to the next thing. I'm looking. And of course, the first thing I did no, was crap. look for a Metroidvania, look for something. And there's there's tons of them out there. My problem with them is so many of them are just another pixel art adventure game. And they all look samey to me. And so I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. what's another game I like? Let's find games like Limbo and Inside, like those great Good kind games. of black mm-hmm. and white, high yeah. contrast adventure games that don't tell you what's happening and crazy deaths happen. And I found this game, actually an indie game from 2015 called oh, wow. Albert and Otto, The Adventure Begins. Now, uh, do you remember what's the uh, you played something on a live stream, George? Is it Void Souls? Not too Void long Souls. ago. Yeah. yeah. Which actually was, it's like a, a, a prelude to the actual game, Void right. Souls coming. It was that Void was Souls prologue. prologue, was prologue. The, yeah. Was the yep. free version. Okay. They're going to release yeah. a paid version later. So this is a paid game, but it's called Albert and Otto, The Adventure Begins. Now it's from 2015 to the best of okay. my searching. There's not been a follow-up to it yet, but <laughs> so I finished this game. It takes about three hours to finish probably if you're, if you're, if you work hard at it. <laughs> and uh, the, the concept is very, very simple. They tell you very little, just like a limbo game. You start the game and uh, there's just no no speech, no text or anything. You just see a little scene play out where something happens to your little sister. She has this little stuffed rabbit named Otto. She gets abducted by this spirit monster or something, this black swirl, and leaves behind her rabbit Otto. So you, as the little brother or the big brother, whatever you are, Albert, you start exploring this world. Right away, you find her rabbit and the rabbit gives you abilities because it's maybe it's Christmas magic. Like you said before, maybe it's more magic. (laughs) I don't know why, but this rabbit, when you hold the rabbit, you can double jump and you can grab things with telekinesis and you can electrically throw switches and cool stuff. If you put the rabbit down, you don't have any of those powers. And sometimes you have to set the rabbit on a switch and go do something. And so I can't double jump when the rabbit's there. So I should put something else on the switch. So it's a big platform puzzler. So think Limbo with more switch and lever box kind of puzzles in it. And I did a live stream on Twitch with this the other day. And uh, I played the whole thing all the way through. And when I got to the ending, if you're not a relatively good platformer with some precision, you will lose your mind at the end of this oh. game. <laughs> okay, it's out for me then. <laughs> There's a stretch of about three minutes that this, like, you got to jump here and dodge this and catch this at the right time and shoot this in a hole and then jump on a box and jump over. The, and if you if you miss anything, you go all the way back to the beginning. There's no oh, checkpoint in the middle. I hate that. Wow. But it's a gorgeous game. It looks like a limbo. It's a high contrast black and white. The things you need to work with, the puzzles are inventive. I know that this is an old game, but I, I, you know, I owned it. I must have got it at a humble bundle or something that we did. Oh, really? I unlocked it. I had played the first three minutes of it and forgot. And I was going to see where the prices were. And when I search on Steam, it's like already in your library. I'm like, oh, all right, that's great. <laughs> and uh, and now the only thing that upsets me, it's a great game. If you like that kind of game, you should play it. Is like the story didn't end. It ends like you've kind of uh. now you know who the bad guy is, and it's like it to be continued, and it hasn't been continued yet. So I'm hoping it does. Oh, but you can get it for next to nothing on all these bargain sites. It's, you know, $199, $299, things like that. Uh, But it's called Albert and Otto. The adventure begins. If you like that kind of game, you might give this a try. It can be infuriating, but it can also be fun. (laughs) George, how about you? What have you been playing, man? Well, uh, before I get to that, just to mention, it just dawned on me when you talked about the uh, price of that game, uh, Uh we should let our listeners know that right now when they're listening to this podcast, very quickly, if they get it on day one, the winter sale is going on on Steam. Oh, it's Steam. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just got a notice the other day on it and uh, a lot Uh. of my stuff in my wish list has dropped down in price so I foresee spending a lot of money soon. Dirty bastards. How dare they drop the prices on me. Stuff I want. (laughs) (laughs) Evil. 
But I just thought I would mention that in case somebody is yeah, out there also call. looking for games on a bargain. They might be even better at this mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, the thing that I am playing right now is related to what I talked about in the last segment, my Quest 2. Uh, one of the uh, things that I've been really enjoying on it is something that was, again, gifted to me by King of Nerd VR. This is going to be just a wow. King of Nerd commercial plug. The wow. entire you, you guys just podcast. get a room. Well, you're best, besties now. Wow. I mean, hey, <laughs> anybody that gives me that much free stuff, they're, they're going to get some plugs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he gifted me this game because, as I said, he's very invested in making sure that people enjoy the virtual reality experience because Mm -hmm. of how much he loves it and the thing that he gifted me is a game called walkabout mini golf it's exactly Mm -hmm. what it sounds like and its title is perfect it's not some cryptic message or anything you're literally walking around playing mini golf with your oculus quest 2 okay i didn't know if i was gonna like it but i'm like okay let me push the coffee table out of the way draw my little boundary (laughs) thing so i don't run into the tv ow my shin right (laughs) (laughs) And I loaded this thing up and contrary to what I talked about in the last segment of the quest to ecosphere, not being very good at onboarding, the game does a great job of onboarding you. It tells you right away, Hey, you only need one controller for this game. Put your other handheld controller down. By the way, if you want to do this, click over here, point your little arrow at this and click that with this type of, with this trigger. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of different settings you can do to make the experience a lot more fun. But what I found is that I really genuinely felt like I was playing mini golf at a mini golf facility. Nice. That's the secret sauce there. That's the magic. Yeah. Wow. That's a testimonial. Yeah. It was really in depth. It was very engrossing. The sounds, the little soundtrack, as well as Mm -hmm. the little things that they do extra. Like if you go to make a par or birdie or an eagle, people, you know, some audience that you never see starts applauding and cheering (laughs) and everything. (laughs) The heads up display stuff is great. You turn your hand over like you're looking at your watch, John. I know you have one of those fancy smartwatch things and stuff. So while the controller's in your hand, you turn your wrist over like you're looking at your watch. And Mm -hmm. in the virtual world, you see like a watch on your wrist that has statistics about like, oh, you're on hole number three and it's a par four and you're five strokes behind. That's like the golden eye pause menu, right? You push (laughs) pause and it goes to the the James Bond Mm -hmm. watch that, but it's in VR, like on your wrist is all that info. That's, that's pretty cool. I don't think they're (laughs) unique in this. I've played a couple other games. Like there's a virtual poker game that I've played a couple of times that has that same mechanic. So it must be a standard in the VR world, but this walkabout game with one control controller and the quest to walking around i played 18 holes loved every minute of it it took probably 10 and maybe 15 minutes to play oh, the 18 bad. holes there's a great mm-hmm. little mechanic for how you maneuver around the course you can also walk but of course you know if you've drawn your little boundary when you get to the edge of your boundary like you yeah. step outside of that game and you're seeing what's around you because of the cameras in the quest the real so, world yeah. Yeah, yeah you're seeing the real world and when you step back inside the game you're right where you were well you can just use your little thumbstick to teleport yourself to the place you want to go and then you can walk around some more if you like Mm -hmm. Hmm. the courses i've played three of them so far they're very imaginative they're very fun when you get an even or better score you unlock the hard version of that course so that's oh, okay. fun you get to go back what and do play they do the to game. make it harder they add i don't obstacles know i've been or? too oh, afraid <laughs> to play <laughs> because the regular versions were kind of tough i think my favorite moment though playing the game was when uh-huh. my wife got home i put the headset on her had a course set up ready to go okay. put the headset on her and I filmed some segments. I'm I'm going to try and see if I can release them out there. But <laughs> she played this game and she had the best time oh, ever. Awesome. Wow. I was immediately thinking maybe I should spend $400 to get her a oh, Quest 2 headset because she wow. really enjoyed this game so much. She enjoyed much. it that much? Really? Yeah. Wow. And you can't really, it's not like you play doubles locally because, you know, you'd have to swap the headset mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. and forth and everything. But you do have the ability to play with other people. You can invite them into your room just like you can on a lot of, um, you know, multiplayer across the internet games. 
Mm-hmm. And you can talk with them and chat with them. The microphone's all built in, the earpiece, so everything's built into the headset. So you don't have to have extra devices. Wow, that's cool. And I think Walkabout's pretty popular. I've seen King of Nerds talk about it quite a bit. They even have like a, like they add DLC and new courses and stuff. It seems to be a pretty vibrant little supported community yeah. of, of, of putt-putt. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I think when I was just scrolling through, I had like access to, I don't know, 20 different courses. Wow. That's a lot that of courses. I, I, I was mean, some of them three. you have to unlock by doing <laughs> okay. different right, things, right. but, but it's still there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And choosing your putter, choosing the color of the golf ball you want, <laughs> just little things like that are so much fun. It really, it plays, the physics play true to form. Mm-hmm. It plays so much fun. If you have a VR, you've probably already playing this. If you don't have a VR headset, and you're considering getting one for Christmas or sometime in the near future, this is a game that you should absolutely pick up for that headset once you get one. Very wow. cool. Now wow. I have, I have one one quick question. You obviously played putt-putt golf on your Nintendo Wii back in the day, so you're familiar with yeah. playing mm-hmm. that kind of thing. If that was the baseline, say that was a, a five on a scale of one to 10, where does hmm. like where does VR golf, where does that fall? How much better or worse is it than like what we experienced already before VR? So so for the mini golf, this particular game is mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm, thing I can mm-hmm. judge it by. I okay, would say yep. it's easily a nine. Wow. So that, that almost better. twice as good. Almost yeah. twice as much involvement. Yeah, I mean, the Wii Golf wow. is fun. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. But there's a difference when the world is a flat screen 10 feet away from you and when mm-hmm. you're inside the world. Yeah. There's a huge difference. That's neat. Very cool. Makes me, want, makes me want a quest finally. I don't know. I keep putting <laughs> it off, but maybe. Not the last one without one now. It's peer pressure. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's a rare thing on this channel for yeah, Mo and I, I to have it's a piece going of this way. Oh my God. It's going this way. You're costing me money now. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's wrong with the world (laughs) if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs if you're a step behind the team's a step behind Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. As we reach the back half of the show, we always like to take a few minutes here to talk about what things we're looking at now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together to record this show. So, George, why don't we start with you? What do you have on the horizon? Uh, well, first thing is that I get to see a horizon where I'm done with the big spend. Oh. November and December for me is always the big <laughs> spend because mm. I have multiple birthdays in November. Mm. We have Christmas in December. And then oh, the 3rd of January, the rest of my birthday. So, like, everybody has a birthday within, like, 35 five days of each other along with Christmas. So I'm looking forward to being past that part of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. The next thing I'm looking forward to, it's another uh, crime procedural comedy drama called Will Trent. It's going to be on ABC starting on January 3rd. And it looks that it looks like it'll be pretty fun. I'm really looking forward to it. But the thing I'm looking most forward to happens a couple of days after that on January 5th on the Discovery Channel, BattleBots Season 8 is finally <laughs> oh, no. coming back. Mm. So you guys know I love BattleBots. I oh, yeah. to, you know, I've tried to build things. I suck at it, but <laughs> I absolutely enjoy BattleBots. And it says Season 8, but they've really been going on for 25 yeah. years or something like that. It's when they went to a new network, they rebranded and all. Oh, okay. Um, they have a great announce team on there. They have a great announcer guy who's kind of like a Michael Buffer type of thing before every match. And the bots themselves every single year get crazier and more dangerous. And they constantly 
have to keep reinforcing the arena because like <laughs> I think last season it was one bot hit another bot so hard and chopped off a piece of it that it embedded in that bulletproof glass that they have nice. all the way around the arena. Wow. <laughs> so it was like just a couple of millimeters from flying out of the arena. Jeez. Damn. So that I'm very much looking forward to BattleBots. I can't Sounds wait. I, I wish it was January 5th already. <laughs> yep. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, I have a few things. The first is a film. Uh, it's going to be on AMC+. Plus. It came out in September in other regions, but it's finally coming to North America. And I'm kind of intrigued by it. It's called Vesper. It's uh, kind of a science fiction pseudo post-apocalyptic world where there's all kinds of, it might not be the earth. I don't even know where they're at, but uh, there's a girl named Vesper who discovers some seeds to kind of replant and regrow the world after this apocalypse has happened. And uh, it just, the effects look really different. It reminds me of almost like a, like a pseudo what dreams may come, not quite so mm, okay. oil paint kind of thing, but it's, it's kind surreal, of, kind of, it is kind of surreal. Yeah. Okay. The aliens are kind kind of weird and this one robot doesn't look like a robot it's a floating ball that almost looks like a inflated trash bag with a face painted on it it's just it's so outside of the regular for cool science fiction post-apocalyptic mm -hmm. things that i'm really curious it's coming january 6th on amc plus so i'm looking forward to checking that out uh january 2nd i don't know if you're watching it but man the quantum leap oh yeah series the new quantum <laughs> leap series i've really yeah. been enjoying that so Me too. Oh, okay. this thing started out good it got better it was supposed to run 12 episodes NBC said, oh, no, let's make it 18. And by the way, you're renewed for a second season. Nice. And so they're expanding the story, but it's been on hiatus. So this returning, though, January 2nd, NBC nice. and Peacock Plus and Peacock Feather, or whatever <laughs> their streaming <laughs> services are called. But I can't wait for that to come back because they're doing a great job of building a story every episode. You have the, the story in the episode, but the overarching story is getting really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, And Ernie Hudson is uh, the guy in it who's magic. He, he's kind of the boss and he actually was a guy that was leapt into by Scott Bakula in the old series. It's really cool. Very oh, crossovers, cool. Yeah. Neat stuff. Anyway, so that's coming back uh, Jan 2nd. The thing I'm most looking forward to, it's the closest thing to a puppet movie I've seen in a while. There's <laughs> oh, a no. horror movie called Megan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, it's M3, G-A-N. Yeah. It's like a Mark III, whatever. This is like the weird, creepy, almost human puppet girl who befriends a girl who lost her parents. Yeah. It looks and, creepy. Uh, it looks creepy. And it looks creepy. It, it's clearly a little girl in an outfit, but they do such a good job of like, contorting yeah. her in weird ways, and her eyes are so unreal. This I isn't love this the kind one where like thing. she's like an android type of figure that they... Mm -hmm give to the girl? Yeah, yes, exactly. One. That's the one. one. Okay, yeah. so yes. not puppet, it's an android. Let's be clear. But, well, I can it's, watch it's, an android that's film. Right. I'm yeah. not going to watch yeah. a goddamn puppet movie that John suggests. It's, well, I said it's as close to a puppet as I could get. So it's it's an android. <laughs> but that's coming January 6th, two theaters, and wow. I'm really looking forward to that one. I yeah. love the trailers for it. It looks like the kind of cringy yeah. kind of film you're going to enjoy going that was stupid i loved it yeah mo how about you what do you got coming up man uh first thing i'm looking forward to is getting some time off uh we have a mm. between christmas and new years does the company kind of shut down so that's good you know no way i could get any emails or phone calls because everybody's <laughs> off so i'm definitely looking forward to that <laughs> Um, there's a show coming on Amazon Prime January 6th. It's called The Rig. Uh, have you heard about that one? Mm -mm. It's basically an oil rig out in like the North Sea somewhere. And this kind of fog rolls in and they're totally cut off from everybody. Like they can't communicate mm. with anybody and all sorts of weird, supernatural, crazy stuff supposedly so, happens. Like the mist in the... Uh, so I was thinking, kind of, that's what I was thinking. It kind of yeah, reminded me of that a little yeah. bit, but hopefully okay. better. But, yeah, they, but something along those lines. You know, the cast looks like a lot of great people looks in the cast and it looks like it has that nice kind of like creepy, hopefully not explaining everything right off the bat kind of series I'm mm -hmm. looking for. Just kind of spoon feed me yeah. a little at a time until I can get the whole story. So that one looks pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to that. But really what I'm most looking forward to is watching a season two of a Netflix series called Alice in Borderlands. Have you guys mm -hmm. ever watched that one? I, yeah, I, I keep seeing little snippets of like Netflix trying to recommend it, but yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's a Japanese show, actually. I think it. I think it's Japanese. It's very, very weird. It's basically these three 
kids friends suddenly like they're hiding in a bathroom because they they're like pranksters they come out and everybody's gone there's like no people in tokyo and then Mm. they find out that there are people there and basically you have to play these games and there's different styles of games different types of games and if you lose you get killed so it kind of is it actually came out before squid games so oh okay i was was about to say it sounds squid gaming yeah yeah except the games are all like just very that's like psychological they kind of mess with your head there's a little lot like a supernatural element to this or a super science so there's no this. Alice in Wonderland component to it because it's titled kind of like that. Well, Alice, I guess the Borderlands is what they call this area that they got pulled into. So it's huh. kind of like you're through the looking glass. I, that's what I'm guessing. I don't okay. know. Okay. But it was a, I mean, it was a really, I really enjoyed it because like the show had a lot of, it was just really interesting. The main character, you kind of, after a while, you do start rooting for him and, you know, they do mm-hmm. a good job mm-hmm. in that. So the way the last season ended, and I don't want to ruin for people who haven't watched it, we're kind of like, you're like, where's the show going to go? Because it was interesting, but I couldn't see where it was going to go. And now that I saw this new season, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. really looking forward to watching that. And that's already out on Netflix. Available now. All right. Yep, available cool. now. Station near you. All right. Hey, before we get out of this show, I have to give out some more thank yous to some more wonderful supporters who joined wow. us or upgraded over on Patreon. There was a huge influx a couple of months ago when mm-hmm. I was first laid off. And, you know, we started working really hard on GXG and I'm still catching up. So many people joined (laughs) in. A couple of brand new patrons. I want to thank and welcome Matt M, who joined us brand new as a patron and Rick P also put his money where his mouth is, says, I love what you guys do. I want to be part of it. And a huge, huge shout out to Anthony G. He's one of our advertisers. He upgraded. He was already a supporter at the top level as an advertiser, upgraded his support dramatically. He really is heavily wow. invested in Gen X Grown Up. He and everyone else over at Patreon are a huge part of how we continue to do what we do. If you enjoy this show, if you enjoy YouTube and our website, the things we put out, please consider joining these amazing people by heading over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. For as little as a buck a month, you could be part of this amazing squad that keep gas in the tank for myself, George, and Mo every single week so we can bring this show and many more to you. Thank you so much, you guys, and everyone else. Who awesome. recently, we'll, we'll get you. There's more to catch up with. We'll get <laughs> Next show, we'll talk about some more. That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another one, but next week, it's our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Next week, we are going to get out our sledgematic. We're going to put a watermelon on the stool, and it's time to put up your plastic. We are going to remember the amazing 80s era comedian Gallagher, his history and his legacy. We just lost him not too long ago. So as a salute, remembering Gallagher, we're going to remember the comedy and stylings of the great Gen X comedian. We hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, though, you know it's you that all three of us appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time bye bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. And we're 20 minutes into the show, ladies and gentlemen. Since we've talked about half the topics already. (laughs) We'll skip that when we get to it. Right, we get to it. Oh, we talked about this before we recorded. Skip that. I'm bored talking talking about this. this. Yeah. (laughs) We'll listen to the show. I swore we said this. No, that was before (laughs) we started recording. Yep, that's what I got. So, George, what do you got for us? Okay. (laughs) I was waiting for you to finish that. I was like, George, what do you got for us? I was like, okay. That's right. All right. I Um, didn't think about that for a minute. Like, not sure if you wanted to call on me in my own damn segment. All right, fine. Yeah, exactly. I see where we're going here. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.